Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five, High Five Casino. Casino. Win at High Five Casino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. What's up? This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Jake LaMotta of podcasting. I'm here with G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. Today on a brand new Smash Mouth I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast in primetime, primetime podcast. And me and G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, are going to be discussing Mark Zuckerberg testifying in front of Congress and the entire world in a fucking booster seat. Sick fucks of the week. And we have special, special guest, NBA Finals MVP. The man goes by the name of Mr. Big Shot. My guy Chauncey Billups is rocking with us on the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. We're talking about playing and beating the snot out of Kobe and Shaq with his Detroit Pistons bad boys. Rasheed Wallace raising Draymond Green. He talks about that. Real Housewives of Boston drama. And so much more with the man that goes by the name of Mr. Big Shot, Chauncey Billups. Unedited, uncensored, incredible career. He ain't just an ESPN commentator. Chauncey Billups is rocking with us on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. But first, me and G Moody in primetime. That's right, it's primetime podcasting. Are going to do what we do best. All Buttersoft I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, including the Sucker Shit Part 2. Sucker Shit Version 2 t-shirt is out. Districtlines.com forward slash I Am Rapport. Miles Jordan. 
Let me get something funky. Time Podcasting is back. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. The Gringo Man Dingo. I'm here with G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. Yep. Three-time podcast co-host of the year. It's a fact. Um, how true. are you, Mr. Moody? Uh, my body is coming back. The aches are lessening. I feel good. I feel like I used to feel. And now I'm going to resume the getting in shape again. Oh, good. You feel like how, how you used to feel when you used to play basketball? Yeah, yeah. I just had to shock my body. So it was a lot of aches, soreness, because ha- I haven't done that in years. But my body is jolted. The muscle memory, it remembers. Right, the muscle memory. And the muscle memory from back then, even in your prime, when you weren't dunking. Oh, yeah, all right. All right. Um, I ain't going to say shit. <laughs> we're, 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 we'll see. We'll see. Um... So like I said, on today's podcast, we got special guests later on in the show, Chauncey Billups. I love this dude. I love this dude. We're going to talk about how close he actually was to taking the front office job with the Cleveland Cavaliers this past summer. The defensive rules in today's NBA, is it soft? Is it not soft? Remember when the Detroit Pistons with him, Rasheed Wallace, Rip Hamilton, Tayshaun Prince, they beat the dog snot? At a Kobe and Shaq and Phil Jackson's L.A. Lakers. We're talking about all that. Playing against that Michael good. Jordan in his first game. In his first game in the NBA, Chauncey played against Michael Jordan. His second game in the NBA, played against Penny Hardaway in his prime. All right, so this Damn. is a fantastic episode uh, with Mr. Big Shot. So, listen, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. So, my guy Mark Zuckerberg, this fucking nerd. You know, we used to call these guys Eugenes, right? Uh-huh. Get the fuck in the back of the line, asshole. You know, like you, you'd give these guys little shove jobs. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, and, yeah. and now with all the computer and the tech and the Dungeons and Dragons and all the hacking and all that shit, these fucks have taken over the world. Okay, fine. You're smart. We're not. The joke's on me, Jack. Uh, the, 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 the gig's up. Right, we need we need these fucking nerds to figure out uh you know how to fix our computers and when our phones go down. We need these fucking nerds, right? Fine, mm-hmm. you get your space, we get our space. Uh, you know we'll be out on the yard playing basketball and throwing the football around, and you uh you guys uh, fix the plumbing in, in the bathroom. This is how the mentality growing up in, in public schools in New York City, right? Okay, these fucking nerds. Uh, mm-hmm. we got Stevie Jobs, my man Albert Einstein, fantastic. Fantastic uh, nerd. Also, very unheralded, underrated stickman. Did you know that Albert Einstein was a freak? (laughs) No, I didn't know that. Yo, (laughs) Albert Einstein was one of the nastiest motherfuckers to ever do it. I Mm. mean, he was cheating on his wife. I think he had an affair with his cousin. He was freaking off. Okay, I mean, if you got quantum physics floating around in your head, you need an outlet, right? You need an outlet mm-hmm. uh, for something. Albert Einstein was a freaky, freaky nerd cocksucker with weird hair and a dope mustache. That being said, that being said, the hipsters, the nerds, they, they've got their own place. So Mark Zuckerberg, he creates Facebook. There's a movie written about him. Uh, you know, we, we, we know the history. 
He doesn't need any introduction. Facebook, uh, uh, it seems like it, it might have been compromised during the election. People stole their information. I don't blame this nerd cocksucker. Me personally. I sincerely feel like if they, the reason why they went to Facebook to, to get people's information is because it has the largest amount of users. It kills all the other platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat combined. Facebook has more, has more uh, people on there than those places combined. So mm-hmm. I think that it wasn't just Facebook. I think that they went to Facebook because it has the most people. I said it. I said it a couple of weeks ago. I'm not quitting Facebook. If people want to find you in 2018, they could find you. If they want to find information on you, if you have a cell phone, you're done. If you have cable, you're done. If you're online, you're done. It's not just Facebook. Facebook is just the example being made, okay? This is just the place they went to do it. Right. Right, okay. A lot of people are quitting Facebook. This one's, oh, I'm not, I'm not participating. That's your loss, asshole. That's your fucking problem. You don't, they're like, I'm quitting Facebook. Why are you making a big deal about it? Just quit. Just fucking quit. No, no. Sorry. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why people want to announce they're quitting Facebook. Just quit Facebook. Everything is in a protest. You're not that important. No one cares. You think you're hurting Mark Zuckerberg's pockets by you saying, I'm quitting Facebook. Mark Ziggity don't give a fuck about you, Duke. (laughs) He doesn't care about you. So yesterday, all everything came together, and Mark Zuckerberg, you know, went to talk in front of Congress. He was very open. He looked very uncomfortable. He always seems very uncomfortable. The character that played him in the Facebook movie always looked uncomfortable. Okay, but he he made a choice that I think will set back nerd and hipster culture forever this goofy dungeons and dragons playing computer hacking science fiction book reading star wars watching motherfucker testified in front of congress and in the entire world sitting there in a fucking booster seat you fucking nerd you you dumb fucking nerd you billionaire fucking dumb fuck He sat there in a fucking booster seat on his own. He chose to sit there in front of the entire fucking world. One of the richest men in the fucking planet. It's not like he's a fucking uh, little person. It's not like he's my man from Game of Thrones. What the fuck is the matter with you? He's short. He's not short. (laughs) This was his choice. Well, you should have given him a fucking pacifier and a fucking blankie. What did it make you feel secure? He's not oh. sure. Who the fuck sits in front of Congress in a booster seat? You're a grown fucking man. I, I thought know. you were supposed to be so fucking smart. If you're so fucking smart, why would you sit there in front of the entire world in a fucking booster seat? I, I don't know. I, Get I the can't. fuck to the back <laughs> of the lunch line. Give me your fucking lunch money. Matter of fact, just go go outside. Go play with the chalk. Go on the fucking yard, you fucking nerd. I mean, why would knowing what you know in today with memes, social media, and crocodile pundits like myself, why would you sit there in front of the entire world in a fucking booster seat? Don't you got a, like a best friend or a girlfriend or like a goon? Somebody to tell you that's not a good look, Duke. Like, don't don't sit there in a fucking booster seat. Mm-hmm. For sure. I don't get that. Do me a favor, G. 
Yo. If I ever get pulled in front of Congress and I try to pull some dumb shit like that, you're going to say, yo, Duke, right? I mean, I, I hope. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that you're going to tell me that's not a good look. Yeah. I don't think you would bring that up, too. No. I don't think you would br- bring up a, a booster seat. You would but, know better. I but, wonder what's his uh, prerogative. Well, why? Why did he do that? I don't know. When Michael Corleone testified in front of Congress and Godfather 2, did you see him sitting there in a fucking booster seat? He didn't yeah. sit there in fucking booster seat. When Frankie Five Angels, Frankie Pantangelis, sat there in front of Congress and Godfather 2, he didn't do so in a fucking booster seat. When Cheech and those guys and Godfather 2, no one had a booster seat. Nope. But Mark Zuckerberg, he's supposed to be so fucking smart. He sits there in front of the entire world in a booster seat. Shame yeah. on you. He got insecurity. Nah, I don't know what the... <laughs> give him a fucking blankie. He got insecurity. Give him a fucking blankie and a baba. Give him some warm milk next time. Not a fucking booster seat. They should give him a little bottle of warm milk if he felt like he was going to freak out. <laughs> Mr. Smart Guy. Uh, Mr. High IQ, Mr. Harvard, and all that shit. You can't sit there and talk to people. You're a grown man. You're a grown fucking man. Oh, he's like five. He's not like he's a little person. You sit there in a fucking booster seat. Uh, listen, we're heading into the NBA playoffs, and God is fucking funny, man. So Tristan Thompson, he's about to go down. I have a feeling. Tristan Thompson, who I don't even think they're engaged. Tristan Thompson, who is is a Khloe Kardashian. Uh-huh. That's her man. That's her boo. Tristan Thompson of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, videotape surveillance footage and TMZ footage. I've got that infrared from the club mm. from October while his boo, Khloe Kardashian... Three months pregnant, they had been dating and prancing Uh-oh. around and, you know, putting Snapchat workouts and uh, all this stuff. Here we go they, again. The couple that works out together, stays together. You know, she's all sexed up. She thinks she's like, you know, a real sex kitten. Right. She's got that rubber tits and a rubber ass and all the, all the fake hair and all that stuff and her revenge body and all that stuff. Eh? Well, Tristan <laughs> Thompson was, was in a club. A few months ago, while his boo, Khloe Kardashian, was pregnant, kissing, girl was grabbing on his pipe, grabbing on his loaf in the club, making out two or three girls right there for the entire world to see. Mm, And you know, I was thinking about this. The Kardashians have not lost. They have not lost. I was really thinking about this in in pre-production. Because we don't fact check at the I Am Rapport Stereo uh, podcast. I know there's new listeners. There are new listeners every episode. Welcome. Glad to have you here. Everything we say is off the cuff. We are not fact checking anything. Okay? Which means we may or may not be held accountable for every single thing we say. I don't know why I started talking about fact checking, Monetti. Me neither. (laughs) But... But, but, I will say this. Oh, Caitlyn Jenner, the artist formerly known as athlete and decathlete, formerly known as Bruce Jenner. I wanted to remind people just how, how big 
of a star. What a huge accomplishment. Do you think in our lifetime, Gerald, there's a couple of things we'll never see. We're never going to see a Jewish power forward starting for an NBA team in our life. That's never going to happen. There might be some some, uh, outlier Jew you know, who, who's got some, you know, fantastic genetics, who makes it to the NBA. And I'm not talking about an Israeli Jew, because there's plenty of them. I'm not talking about a European Jew. I'm talking about uh, an American Jew, born and raised in the United States, like myself. Eh? Like <laughs> myself, a real American Jew. Not that the other Jews aren't uh, real. I'm saying an American Born and bred Jew, like let's just say, for instance, a Long Island Jew. I can't see myself living long enough to see a six foot ten power forward from Lawrence, Long Island, starting in the NBA. You agree? Uh, yeah. I mean, but uh, so what? If you only uh, just if let you only just, just, just go fuck. with me, just stay with me here, <laughs> okay. you fuck. Stay with me here, you right, fuck. I'm making a point. Go ahead. And man. the other thing we're probably never going to see is an American. White dude with a hairy chest, good looking, thick brown hair, six foot four, American, pure American, decathlete, white decathlete, win an Olympic gold medal the way Bruce Jenner did. Bruce Jenner was out there beating Africans. Bruce Jenner was kicking people's ass from all over the country. He was the greatest athlete in the entire world, and now he's a woman. He's a fucking woman. We forget that in 1976, he was the biggest star <laughs> going. Now he's a fucking wearing lipstick and high heels. God bless him. I'm just saying they have taken down one after another after another. Kanye West is bloated and seems to be on medication and walking around with bleach blonde hair. He was one of the greatest rap producers of all time. Mm-hmm. Now he looks like he should be uh, sleeping in a rubber room. And poor Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson's from Canada. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He might look the part. He's cool. He's a tough, smash mouth rebounder. Strong. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's got caught up with these broads. And this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. I mean, they just knock them down one after another after another. And some say, well, what are you talking about? Chloe's the victim here. This fucking guy doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> they put some of that Pacific Palisades snapper on them. They lose their mind. But it must not be that good. You're so sexed up. You got your revenge body. You got your DSLs. You know, she calls her lips DSLs. You know what that stands for? No, I don't. She says her her lips are DSLs, dick-sucking lips. Oh, nice. How nice. This is this is what she says. She's right. always, you know, like, you know, they're always sexed up and yeah. you know, they they're always like geared up and ready to go. I'm yeah, sure she's I'm sure she's got all the sex moves. I'm sure she's got all the tricks. Yeah. But but that don't that don't keep no man. I mean, nope. when like like Teddy Pendergrass said, you can't hide from yourself. Mm. No, no matter where you go, there you are. So all mm. the fake shit comes off, and then there you are. So you're not gonna keep nobody. You, you, it's self-explanatory. Of course, he's in the club with the next chick. Of course, mm-hmm. this is the history of you. This is how it's always been. This ain't new. And maybe he just wanted to be around a couple of women 
whose parts aren't manufactured. Word. Maybe he just wanted to caress the bottom of a God-made all-natural booty. Maybe he didn't even sleep with these women. Maybe he just like to say, I'm so sick and tired of these girls. They change their hair every day. They got hair glued into their, to their scalp. They got rubber asses. Costumes. Who, who knows what kind of part? Maybe he just wanted the company of a natural woman. Yeah. Shout out to the great Aretha Franklin. I don't know how this is going to end. But this is not good for the Cleveland Cavaliers. This can't be good for a very pregnant Khloe Kardashian. Listen, we Again. didn't create the news. <laughs> we are just reporting it. Okay? Yeah. I wish them luck in this situation, but it is a mess. Yeah. Tristan knew. He knew, like, if eventually this was going to happen. You know? I mean, they, I think they get with these broads because... Oh, the notoriety that they're yeah, big they're on. Yeah, they're stars. Yeah, that's they're, it. They're, they're like male groupies. They're that's stars. It. Like, yo, it's a Kardashian. She yep. got her own money. I was chilling with Kim and them. They cool. Yo, yep. they cool, yo. Yeah, yep. that's what it is. And then you and then you see the real shit. And then you'd be like, yo, these broads ain't nothing, man. <laughs> so the NBA playoffs are upon us. And, and this is what I want to say. Listen, uh, it's not the 90s. I get that. Two games stuck out to me. Two games. Uh, last week, Friday, great, very competitive game. The Philadelphia 76ers uh, played the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I think the game ended 132 to 130. Uh, Philadelphia won the game. Uh, LeBron was incredible. Ben Simmons was incredible. At one point, uh, Ben Simmons uh, went down the lane with uncontested. He went from the top of the key, put the ball between his legs, I think backwards, Dunked the ball, and, and he looked at LeBron James. Now, God is my witness. I was watching the highlights to this game with my wife. Ben Simmons must have had three completely. With not, I'm not talking about fast breaks. I'm talking about within the offense. Three or four completely uncontested dunks yeah. within the offense. LeBron James had about three of them. One time a motherfucker jumped. And my wife, while we were watching the highlights on TV, said, why doesn't it look like anyone's trying? Now, she doesn't know that much about basketball, but her interpretation was, why does it look so easy? Why are these guys able to go down the lane uncontested in the middle of a basketball game? Again, not fast break. Chris Paul last night, they were playing against, who the fuck were they playing? Lakers, right? They were playing against the Lakers. Okay, shout out to the kid Mark Ingram. Andre, played in the yeah. D League. I want to get him on the podcast for 10 years. Had his first game as, as an NBA player last night. Great story showed out. Whatever. Houston clinched their playoff spot. It was, it was an easy win, although the score you know, seemed like it was a little closer. By the third quarter, late in the fourth quarter, Chris Paul's out there doing all sorts of dribbling. He thinks he's like the professor at N1. Mm -hmm. Thinks he's at Rucker Park. He's, he put the ball between some goofball on the Los Angeles Lakers leg. Put it right between his legs. This is in the middle of a game. He's doing all his tricks, dribbling off his fucking knee, off his elbow. Puts it between the defender's legs. Goes down the middle. Uncontested layup. This is what's wrong with the NBA. This is why I could see myself in a few years being, I'm done. I'm not saying you got to karate kick Chuck Norris, Chris Paul, but at least tie him up 
at least wrap them up. Mm-hmm. At least give them a little shoulder bump. I'm not saying do anything dirty. I love Chris Paul. I'm not saying do anything to get you a technical, but foul him. How about just foul him? How about just slap his wrist? Yeah. How about slap his arm? You're not just going to come here, come down the lane, and with no resistance whatsoever. The guy just put the, the ball through your center's legs. Mm-hmm. He doing Harlem Globetrotter, skip to my Lou bullshit. And you're not going to do anything? Ben Simmons put the ball between the back of his legs, not the front. He went back to front, came down the middle, dunking. Nothing. <laughs> There's no pride. <laughs> no, no pride, no resistance. I, I don't understand. I, I, yo, I really, truly don't. I will say this with pride, Gerald. One of my last uh, uh, games that I played, it was one of these city games. It was a, a, a friend of ours. His company played, you know, it was one of these like, you know, after work leagues. Mm-hmm. I fouled out in the first half. The first fucking half I fouled out of the game. These guys were beating our ass. I'm out of shape. They're up 17, 18 points. You come down the lane. You hear this? This is what you hear when you come down the lane on me. Listen. <laughs> I'm smacking you on the arm. I'm not I'm not getting into a fight with a guy. Right. I'm not saying you gotta fucking give the guy a forearm shiver, but we're losing 17 points. My lateral foot movement has never been great. Right. You gotta gotta try to stop the bleeding. Yeah, it ain't easy. It's not funny games when you're getting blown out and guys can't just come down the lane. I understand, but that's the way the NBA legislated the league. They're responsible for the guys dancing and doing the huckle buck on the sidelines. They are responsible for that overall jovial atmosphere that cheapens the game for the fans. I think it does cheapen the game. I think Chris Paul dribbling the ball between an opponent's legs and not getting bumped or tied up, wrapped up. Again, I'm not saying throw him to the ground. Wrap him up. Foul him. Right. Yeah. Do something. Resist. Have some fucking pride. Like, yo, you ain't doing that shit. This ain't a... Exactly. This ain't a summer league. This ain't a clinic. You ain't at it's like some camp with 12-year-olds. Exactly. The, like in the culture of basketball, on any level, you start doing that shit, trying to show up the other players. Your teammates is supposed to come and clothesline that motherfucker just to let him know, yo, we getting blown, but it ain't, it ain't like that. It ain't no Harlem Globetrotter shit, yo. Crazy. I can't believe that no one does that. Like, nobody. And, and again, I, I just don't get it. I just I, don't understand it. Growing up, if we saw Ralph Sampson and Akeem dancing with each other as Dick Stockton called them out of the tunnel, I don't think I would like basketball as much as I do. Because it, it's like, what are they doing? What, are they dancing? What the fuck? This is game seven. That type of shit I frown upon with, with hoops, man. I don't like all that. Oh, dancing on the sidelines and shit. I don't, I don't like that. All right, listen. I've been getting so many, so many sick fuck of the week requests. Okay? People, it, it, I feel like a DJ at a club. Yo, can you play this song? Can you play that song? I appreciate it. Send them to me. DM me. Instagram. Snapchat. Facebook. Twitter. If you see a sick fuck of the week, a potential sick fuck of the week, send it on over. Also, you can email us, I am Rappaport Podcast at gmail.com. Complaints, confusion, sick fucks, 
Request anything you want. I am Rappaport Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, but because the people are participating so much in the sick fuck of the week culture, what I'm gonna do today, G, is I'm gonna I'm gonna break down three of the sickest sick fucks. Okay? Alright. Three of the sickest sick fucks. And I'm going to let the people decide who today's sickest sick fuck of this primetime podcast episode of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is. Miles Jordan, let me hear that music. This award is earned, not given. It's called the Sick Fuck of the Week. This guy's really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. You fucked the door? You what? You fucked the door? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? What? Sick fuck. The sick fuck of the week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did... What? No! 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 Yes. Yes, yes, that's the sick fuck of the week theme music. Crafted and created by the great G. Moody, whose last name... Rhymes with duty. Um, the Sick Fuck of the Week is an award that is earned, not given. Is an award that is earned, not given. Again, I am going to pick just three socially sick fucks, and I am going to post it on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook, and I want you, the people, to decide who today's sickest sick fuck of the week is first coming out of the great state of Illinois a former social worker is charged with having sexual relationships with not one no Christy Leinhardt had sexual relationships with not one but two mental patients <laughs> one <laughs> one of who she claims she kept as her quote unquote her quote unquote sex Slave. Oh, just like I said, motherfuckers with helmets. Imagine your wife fucking with a guy with a helmet. That's her, that's her man. <laughs> I mean, I heard of fetish. I heard of fetishes, but golly, Christy. Yeah. Christy Liner, 53 years old. She had two sexual relationships. She's a, she's a social worker. Oh. This is a person who's a social worker. She's there for social care. The yeah. help of society, social, yeah. social. The word comes from society, social. She's supposed to be helping people. She's socializing. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to have them locked up and tied up as sex slaves against their will. Christy Liner, she's going to be hard to beat, okay? And when you look at the picture of Christy Leinhardt, Gerald, yeah, uh, take a guess what she looks like. <laughs> Let me take a wild guess. Just, just go out on a limb. Take a wild guess. Uh, I don't know. Fill me in. A sick fuck. Christy Leinhardt looks like a sick fuck. Number two. The second sickest fuck of the week. A man was hospitalized, got his ass beat in Northern California. And I'm glad he got his ass beat. This is what you're supposed to get mm -hmm. when you try to do some grimy shit like this at a California park. A man tried to grab a toddler, a sick fuck, 
tried to kidnap a toddler. He was beaten brutally, as he should be, Mm -hmm. by the girl's father. Good. Congratulations. Matter of fact, this guy, talk about statues. The father of this girl, he should get a statue. No charges dropped. He shouldn't pay for a meal in his neighborhood for the rest of his life. And this sick fuck who was hospitalized, lock him to the fucking bed in the hospital that he's staying at, send him to prison, and get him revved up and lined up for that Wonder Bread bag treatment. Yeah, yeah. That guy's a hero. That guy, the guy is a hero. That's what you're supposed to do. The courts, you stay out of it. This is a vigilante street justice. Yeah, you can't be... Ch- Good day he beat him up. That's what's supposed... You're supposed to be visibly beaten up after that. Yeah. And then when the cops get there, they should give you a little kick in the dick. Right. <laughs> uh, finally, the third sick fuck of the week. And I got to be honest with you, Gerald. Alana Marie Limpert, that's her name. Alana Marie Limpert, 25 years old. Yeah. Normally when I say, well, well do you uh, know what Alana Marie Limpert looks like? Yeah. Uh, she don't look like a sick fuck. She's actually kind of cute, uh, right. but she's in Arizona. You know, Arizona, they, it's, like, uh, it's like New Mexico. For some reason, these really hot states, they have drug problems. This mom was arrested after her toddler ate THC-laced macaroni and cheese. This sick fuck had prepared herself some macaroni and cheese. You know, people like to cook with the marijuana in it. Yeah. This sick fuck made herself some marijuana macaroni and cheese and fed it to her three-year-old. Three-year-old almost died. Fortunately, uh, the three-year-old made it. Charges, child abuse, have been filed against Alana Limper, 25 years old, of Arizona. What the fuck is you doing? Mm. Tempe, Arizona. You you uh, spent some time in Tempe. Isn't that right, Mr. Moody? Uh, Tempe, yeah. I, I guess you could say, yeah. Yeah, Tempe. Uh, listen... I wouldn't say that Arizona this year has been the hotbed of sick fucks, but they are low-key a true hotspot for sick fucks. <laughs> so there, there we have it. Those are the three choices. We have uh, the social worker who had t- not one but two sex slaves. We have Alana Marie Limpert, the uh, macaroni and cheese marijuana cooker who fed it to a child. Mm. Her daughter... A THC-laced macaroni and cheese. And we have the sick fuck in Northern California who is now hospitalized and being treated for injuries that he suffered while trying to kidnap a girl out of a park. These are the choices of the sick fucks of the week. I also want to say this isn't a sick fuck of the week, but be careful, guys. Be careful, girls. In the United Kingdom, and I'm sure it'll make its way over here, Doctors are calling it the worst ever case of gonorrhea. They're calling it super gonorrhea. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The medical world said, we warned you, but you didn't listen. There is a super gonorrhea going around the United Kingdom. You think it's all fun and games when you're going raw dog without a bag. Well... You might do it one too many times with the wrong nasty dude or the wrong nasty chick. Be careful, people out there. Richie Incognito. Remember Richie Incognito? Yep. What happened? Uh, He's retiring from the NFL. His liver and kidneys are shutting down. 
I'm sure he'll be uh, getting a podcast at Barstool Sports soon. <laughs> All right, listen. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. It's in prime time. This is, this is one of the best guys to talk to about basketball, okay? Since you know, I, I consider him sort of a friend. My guy Chauncey Billups. Good dude, smart dude, talk shit, cool. He, he will be at some point running an NBA team. Just a good dude. Keeps it real, keeps it funky, fair. I, I, I love this dude. They call him Mr. Big Shot. Coming up next on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, all NBA everything. This is a fantastic conversation with the former NBA Finals MVP, my main man, Chauncey Billup, coming up in primetime on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. This is it. This is the fucking it. This is it. You know, my man Chauncey Billups, call him Mr. Big Shot, call him Smooth. You were the first basketball player that, we didn't podcast, but we were doing something for United States basketball. You had just, you had just finished. I don't remember what we were doing. Yeah. And I was like, I was like the first time I got to like, really like sit down and talk to somebody like about their career, like deep dive. Like I remember we were shooting something, I think at at Staples or at the forum. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to ask you like. We shot the shit. They used some of it, but I was like, I could do this shit. Yeah. And it, it yeah. put a, like a thought in my head about podcasting. So it's only right. That was dope. That was dope. That was dope. You had just, just I think, finished playing. I just wrapped it up. Like, I mean, yeah. that, I think you might have played that season or the season before. Yeah. Yep. yep. And uh, we got to sit down and we were just talking about Boston, talking about the bad boys. Yeah. Talking about all the players, so it, it put it in my head. So I appreciate you coming, rocking me on the podcast. Absolutely, we've been trying to put this together for a while. We finally got it done. Absolutely, man. So, all right, we're heading into the playoffs. After the playoffs, we got more important business: the big three. Yes, sir. Now, are what have you been doing to stay in shape? Where's your head at for the big three well, participation? Because last year you were like, you were almost a GM. You were rumored to be a GM. You were playing. You had a little injury, yeah. in and out, and all that stuff. Have you been staying in shape? I was banged up last year, but I had a hell of a time. Um, this year, you know, I'm, I'm, I plan on playing for sure. I had my meniscus was torn last year during. Oh, the, was it? Yeah, so I ended up getting it cleaned up. Um, so I'm, I'm on the mend, but I'm, I'm doing good. But I'm looking forward. It's gonna be this season gonna be crazy, and season two, big three gonna be crazy. Yo, I'm tripping out because the, there's going to be, like last year, I don't remember if you were at the Combine. Oh, you were there. I was at the Combine, but I, didn't, I, I left for the draft. But and yeah. you didn't have to try out. You're Chauncey Billups. Yeah. <laughs> but like this year, like there's gonna there's 19 spots. A lot of real dudes yes. are not going to get picked on teams. It's going to be some tough decisions made this year, man. It's going to be real. some tough decisions. Because I'm thinking, for real, I'm thinking it's probably going to be between 80 to 90 yeah. p- players no, I already at the heard combine. That. And 19 spots. Man. And these is... are 80 former pros yeah. who saw it last year. A lot of the dudes are younger than the, some of the dudes who came out last year. Yeah. No one knew what to expect last year. Yep. You know, some dudes hadn't played ball. I was in better shape than some of the dudes. <laughs> there was a couple of dudes that, like I, I was in better yeah. shape than, and then some dudes were ready. Some dudes like, you know, it was interesting. It was very interesting. But this year, I can guarantee you, 
it's not going to be a lot of people show up to that combine out of shape, bro. No, they know. They want in. They know. They want in, I'm telling you. And it was, you know, I, the thing that I got to see from uh, being around the players, and when when guys retire, you always hear it in every sport, I miss the guys, I miss the locker room. Yeah. For that one, two, three days over the long weekends, seeing you guys have that, I understood when players say that now. Like, yeah. I, just like you guys having yeah. that stuff, like, uh-huh. you know, the, the camaraderie. And that's the thing. That's the thing. And people ask me all the time, as long with everybody else that's retired, is do you miss playing? No, I don't miss playing, but I miss being around the guys. I miss the locker room. I miss this. Now, playing is you can just go play. I can go to any gym and just play. Obviously, the competition level would be different, but it's it's the laughing and joking and teasing and playing cards and that locker room feel that when it's over, that's the one thing you miss. And this, that's what the big three, it fills that void for everybody. That's what I noticed. So last year during the big three, it was uh, Chauncey Billups is going to become a GM. Now, yeah. in hindsight, first of all, I'll say this for you. You, you, you missed the boat. <laughs> like, you did the Keanu Reeves matrix Yo. because Cleveland is, I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but how close were you to really taking a job last summer in, in, yeah. in the way that you could share it? You know what I mean? Because I don't want to put you on, you know, yeah. the spot. And I'm not trying to rook you like my man Fizdale. <laughs> well, look, man, it, it was it was good to be in a discussion. Um, I got a long history with Dan Gilbert going back to my Detroit days. So I was, I was elated that he's seen me in that, you know, in, in those lenses, mm-hmm. you know, as a president of his team, the run – the basketball operations department. That's something that I do have a desire to do at some point. Um, I wasn't chasing it last year, nor am I chasing it now. It's just one of those things that I just feel like when when it's time, it'll happen. Who knows if that's two years from now, four years from now. Who knows? Right. But when it's time, it will it will happen. Um, but it was, a, it was a good exercise. It was good to go through the interview. I learned a lot, you know, in interviewing for that. There's a lot that I don't know. Because I was on the, just on the hoop side, not the business side of uh-huh. it. So there's a lot, there's a lot to it, rap that um, that I was happy to get the experience of going through it. When when you do that interview, like obviously basketball, you understand that, and and that that's like you speak that like you breathe, like you sweat. Yeah. But when you say what you learned, and and there's a lot to it. What were some of the questions or the thoughts that were? put in your head that you'll know next time you have more prepared or you have an understanding or what they're expecting from a potential GM? Well, if, if, if you, what you're doing is to me, you know, and I've seen it done the right way. I've seen it done the wrong way. With GMs. With GMs, with running a team, with putting different personnel together. Um, I've seen it both ways. As a player. As a player. Um, so when you're talking about GM and I mean, I think the first thing that you have to establish anybody and you take over a team is what's going to be your identity um what what kind of culture are you trying to set and what does that mean and that means so identity so you you look at the top four or five teams in the league all the good teams they have an identity for the most part mm-hmm. um, or just a special special talent mm-hmm. you look at san antonio even though they're struggling this year they have an identity they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna move the basketball they're gonna play the right way they're gonna share it they're going to share the rock. You know, they have an identity every single time. Right. You look at Houston right now. Their whole thing is they're going to get up and down. They're going to outscore you. You know, the Warriors, they play They play unselfish. They got a lot of guys that, you know, that are multi-talented, that can switch pick and rolls. Like, 
their identity is they're going to play hard defensively, but they're going to have fun on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all these teams really kind of have an identity. So when you're taking the team over, you got to establish and say, okay, who who are we going to be? And and when you establish that and you say, okay, these are the kind of guys I like, these kind of players I want to go after, tough-minded, whatever it, whatever it is your identity will be, only then is when you can start to build your team. I got you. You know what I'm saying? I so, got you. So you have to obviously have your way of thinking and, and when you go in there and sit across the table from one of the owners. So do you think, is it like you, you said, it might be a few years, you want the right situation um, because obviously, you know, it, it, when you do it, you want it to be something you do. You don't want to sure. dip in and dip out. Mm-hmm. Um, like Fizdale, who I got to meet. I love this fucking guy. He's working his whole life to head coach. It's the wrong situation, yeah. the wrong situation. I don't even know what the fuck happened, but it was like, this wasn't this wasn't right. Yeah. This was some yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody did some bullshit here. You know, and and like his story was so fascinating to me and it's not finished it's like i didn't fucking come this way to be fucking ousted the first couple of weeks of the fucking season the fuck is this shit yeah you know and um obviously coach and gm is different so do you can you imagine seeing because i remember i'll tell you this i remember when i first did sit down with you now you were just finished retiring you had just retired you were like i definitely don't want to coach yeah you know i'm probably just you know like, I think you said, I got my money. I'm good. I might do broadcast. I mean, you would just, you know, things yeah. change. And now you're like, you know, I mean, this is like a stressful job, GM. Like, do you actually see yourself like doing it? Is like, is it something that you want to do? It is. It is. Um, and look, I've never really had a desire to coach. Right. I felt like I was kind of a coach on the floor. That's totally different. But do I think I could do a good job? Sure, I do. I, I know what it takes to be a good coach just from playing from some great ones for some great ones. But the front office thing is more my personality. It's more me. Um, I would, you speak of the Fisdale situation, I would like to be in a position to run a team, hire a coach that I know works for what we are doing Mm -hmm. and our culture and our identity. Mm -hmm. Then you don't have those kind of mix-ups, you know? If you hire a guy that's not right or you're not connected to or you're doing Let's just say, because everybody knows it, the triangle. You want the triangle, and he wants it. Once those things are out of sync, is there fixing it, or is it like this is like almost like it's like you're getting married to that coach? Yes, like indeed. you guys are in a relationship. Yes, indeed. And it's either going to end with we're going to keep going, or we're going to divorce. Yeah, or or somebody's walking away with the money. Like it's well, and to your point, rap. If you know you're a triangle, you're Phil Jackson, and right. you want a guy to run a triangle. Well, you go get a guy that you know has run it. Right. You don't go get a guy that is running up and down Jeff Hornacek in, in Phoenix, and they're running up and down scoring 115 points a game, pick and roll, cut, pass, boom, and then say, you know what, Jeff, I want you to, I want you to come here and I want you to implement that triangle offense. Well, that's not fair to him because, right. one, he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily know it to teach it, nor does he really necessarily believe in it. Right. So that's not fair to him, but then he ends up getting canned. Right. Because you know what I mean. Yeah, At whole, some point, so you have to be on the so same page. You got to be on the same accord, man. Okay, so Cleveland specifically, this Ty Lue situation. Now, I, you know, you don't want to see anybody. It don't matter if game seven, game one, all starting. Nothing is more important than your health. Absolutely. Is what do you make of this, and how is this going to actually affect this actual Cleveland Cavaliers? I mean, this fucking guy, LeBron. You know, I'm, I always break your chops. I already know. But I, I mean, he's, he's unbelievable. He's he un. 
believable. Yeah. And I don't want to say I, I it's hard to say who's better. Cause I look at basketball players like as a team sport, it's yeah. better teams. But this dude's career might be the best career. Yeah. Because yeah. of the longevity and the fact that he might play 82 games this year and he's like, I mean, this is nuts. It is nuts, man. It is. It really is. It's crazy. And I'll break his chops. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> hey, Rap, let me tell you something. I'm proud of you, dog. Like, <laughs> I know how you, I, I listen, I watch, I, I listen to everything oh, you say. Shit. You've been very critical of Braun. I'm proud of you, man. <laughs> I'm proud of you, man. I mean, the fact that right the day Ty Lue goes down, triple-double. The fact that he's doing it for so long and there's been no dip. There's been no baseball. There's been no yeah. bad season. There's been no real injury. No throwaway years yet. Not at all. It's crazy. It's crazy. The guy, I mean, first of all, on the T. Lou situation, um, who is like like my brother. You that's your guy. That's, my, that's like my, my best friend. Okay. So you feel for him, and like you said, nothing is more important than health. Um, nothing. And he's been having some issues kind of all year. Um, I've been behind the scenes, honestly, telling him to take that leave six months ago um, just to get his, you know, just to pay attention to, to his body and to his health, to his body and spirit. Finally, he's doing that. I'm proud of him. Um, he's going to be just fine, you know, God willing. But just think about it, Rap. Any little issue that you may have going on from a physical standpoint, you add the level of stress that he has to deal with, not just being an NBA coach, but coaching the Cavs. And, of course, it's, it's, it's I mean, everything is going to be, you know, Everything. Elevated everything, so it, it's a tough deal. Um, but but he'll be fine, and I'm, I'm happy that he's taking you know taking the steps to get healthy, man. Can they? I mean, I know the answer because LeBron James, like it, it, anything's possible with him. Like he's a fucking beast. Yeah. So I I mean yes, I I'll answer the question, but I want to hear your opinion. They can make it to the finals again with Tyloo without Tyloo. I mean, but how many? You know, they keep saying, well, they they do good under duress. Like they just cleared the damn roster. Then you. Clear the roster, sort of working, but not really working. Then yeah. your your coach goes down, yeah. and Larry Drew, he's he knows what he's doing. Like I know they have a system in place, but how far do you think, based on everything we know right now, Kevin Love's back, LeBron's not stopping, yeah, unless he yeah. does stop. How how far are they going to go? I think that they will go um, definitely to the finals with Coach Lou. If they don't have Coach Lou back with his game plan and scheming, the things that he's an expert at, Toronto could beat him. I really do believe that. Toronto could beat him um, if they don't have that, that that leader on the head of that bench. Now, LD, Larry Drew's doing a good job, been a head coach. This is a different animal. This is a different animal uh, with LeBron James and all the turnover. Just look at right now. Kevin Love comes back, has a big game. He's never played with George Hill, his starting point guard. Rodney Hood's out. Nance Jr.'s out. He's never played with these guys. Right. So these guys don't know each other, man. Right. And now's so, not the time to be learning. Oh, no, man, no. So you, Now's I, the time I, to be fine-tuning, right? Correct. This is when you fine-tuning. You trimming your, your roster down saying, okay, I'm going to play these eight guys in the playoffs. I'm going to need this. I'm going to need... Man, this is like they in training camp. Right. This is unheard. This is tough. Right. So without your head coach, Rap, who does know the guys for the most part, all the due diligence and all the vetting he's doing, watching tape and this and that. It makes it tough, even for LeBron James. Even for him. Even for LeBron, I'm telling you. All right, forget these dudes. Let's talk about you. 
Let's talk about your career because it's funny. You know, it's like when you're out of the league, you know, and then we start to see you on TV, especially these young, there's young kids that like, oh, this guy, oh, he played ball. Yeah, exactly. They don't know. They don't have, they got no idea. And it's just, it's not that long ago, but it's like, you know, it's so quick. Yeah. You know, the yeah. way, the way things change. It goes change, fast, man. It goes fast. And then you're like this guy on TV, but you played in a time like it wasn't that long ago, but it feels so much different. Like yeah. it was almost like the the end of something, and like we're in a new a new place. But let's just yeah. start with this: you get drafted, and it's like you. How many times are you traded? Man, I think five. I played on five teams my first five years. What, why was this happening? What was going on? And like, were you ever just like, this isn't the dream in your yeah. head? No, I, I'm telling you, there was a point in time, my my rookie year, so I drafted the Boston, Rick Patino, and uh, they ended up trading me. He, I was having a good rookie rookie season too, which was crazy. The fans loved me. I mean, it was it was it was. I was really I was shocked. But he traded me, saying, um, you know, that he just needed. He wanted a more experienced point guard. There's pressure on him to make the playoffs, and he traded me for Kenny Anderson, which. I get Kenny. Kenny A was a bad boy. Right. And, you know, Patino with the New York thing. I mean, who wouldn't want to coach Kenny? So, all right, now it's, now it's business that I'm like, damn, this is supposed to be a basketball. This is business for real? I thought it was, you know, so I learned did a you, lot. Did you know, like, when with the first time you got traded, do you find out the day of, or, like, do you hear Man, mumblings? I found out. I found this is out. pre-internet, too. Well, first of all, I heard rumblings the day I got drafted. Oh, shit. So I was the third pick. Ron Mercer was the sixth pick. They were supposedly had a deal together to send us both to Chicago for Pippen. Pippen was trying to thinking about leave, whatever. So they, I, from day one, as soon as I put that hat on, it was like, man, like they probably gonna trade him to such and such, and it went on uh. <laughs> until I hadn't even I hadn't even played a game, I hadn't practiced yet. Uh. So that was weird. Um, but man, I'm telling you, there was a there was a point in my rookie year where I was just like, man, this is I should have stayed in school, man. This is this the league? Like I I've been all my life praying for this. And then ah, this ain't this is I'm cool. This is I wish I would have stayed in school. I had more fun playing in college, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but man, like I, I to their Patino and all of those teams, to their defense rap, like I, I just wasn't ready, man. You know what I mean? I wasn't ready. Like I was, I had some good games and stuff, but to run a team at the point guard position, especially a team that's hoping to make the playoffs, I just wasn't ready, bro. Did you know ready. that then, or like in hindsight, you you based on everything you know now and that you you gathered as an MVP? Yeah, my rookie year and my probably my first two years, no, no, I didn't know that because I'm looking at guys that was drafted right around me that's. I feel like I'm better than us. They they get the ball in their hands. They get to go ball out. They get to so I I felt I didn't get that same opportunity, but I was you know put into different situations. But it didn't take me long to figure out, Charles. You just gotta go back to the drawing board, man. Like you can't get your your game off like you was. Like mm. these dudes are better. Mm. You know, took me about three years for that. Went to the lab and, and things just kind of you know my luck and things just kind of changed for me. But yeah, it was it was a tough little. Stretch for a second. Did you start uh, doubting yourself? I never doubted myself because I was always a hard worker. Um, but one thing changed. You know, at some point you got to change from just working hard to working smart. Meaning, so I could, so I could be in the gym. You said, you said what it meant. Well, I could be in the gym for three hours. 
right? And I could be working on pull-up jumper or this. Well, those are things that I can already do. I got you. Now, if I'm working smart, I'm working on some things that I've been struggling at. I got you. You know what I'm saying? So I can be in there for an hour and a half now working smart as opposed to three hours. I'm doing things that I've been doing since I was eight. I already know I can shoot. I got you. So just things like that that changed that ended up making me a better player. I got you. You know. When you think back to your, your rookie season, your first season in Boston, you're a kid. What was your first moment of like, I'm in the NBA, yo, this is... This it, was, is. it was very quick. First game rap played against Michael Jordan. I, I, go ahead. The first game, it was hilarious. We played against Michael Jordan and the Bulls, our first game. And I was coming off the bench at the time. Um, came in, played really well. But there was a funny time, man. It was a funny time during the game. So, you know, the team is shooting uh, Rotman or one of those guys is shooting a free throw. You know, the guards line up behind the three-point line. So it's Steve Kerr, myself, MJ, Ron Mercer. So the whole time, I can't stop looking at MJ. I just can't stop staring at this dude. So on the other side of him is Ron Mercer, right? We both staring at this dude and just forgot about the pretty much forgot about the damn game. We just can't believe we on the court with this guy, man. Like you, you caught yourself that you're like, oh, yo, for sure. Not only did I catch myself, he caught us. <laughs> Mike did. Man, listen. So I'm looking at him from this way. Ron is looking at him from the other way. Are you like you just like like this is I'm it's here? Crazy, bro. I just couldn't believe. It. I'm like I'm really in a Celtics jersey playing against Michael Jordan and the Bulls. I'm 21 years old. This is crazy. So I'm looking at him. He don't even look at us at all. Out of nowhere, you hear this deep voice. This dude say, "What the hell are you looking at, young fella?" So me and Ron at the same time rap. Turn and look off. We go looking in the stands like like we playing it off like it ain't, like it wasn't me. He never said nothing to us. Rodman missed a shot. The game went on and played. We in the locker room afterwards. We in the shower, Ron and I, because we was rookies. We had to shower last. And out of nowhere, we never said nothing about it. But out of nowhere, I said, hey, man, you know he was talking to you, right? <laughs> he was like, hell no. He was talking to you. He was talking to you. So we laughed about that, but we ain't tell nobody on the team. Cause you know we was you know we we in the league too. That's we ain't supposed to be in all like that. That's bugged out. First game that was that was my ah moment was the first game. That, that's a, that's a good ah moment. It, it is. And then the second game, so we go we play the Bulls at home, back to back. Go to Orlando play against Penny. My first two nights in the NBA, man. How good was Penny in his oh Penny days? Oh my goodness, bro. Oh my goodness, unstoppable. And that was at that time he hadn't been injured yet. He was he was amazing, man. He was on his way to a bona fide first ballot Hall of Fame career for sure. Because of the height, he could shoot. He yeah, bang it on you quick. But, but he could make plays. He could pass. He could post up. I mean, I'm a point guard. He's a point guard. He's six seven. He can pull. He can post me up, shoot right over. We got a double team him. Pass so good, he looks over the little guys guarding him. Could shoot it. Athletic. I mean, Penny was Penny was special, man. That time when when you first came in the league. You played through the league changing. You you cover the game now. This question, it comes up all the time. You know, there's dudes older than you that say it. Uh, you know, shit. You might even say it. 
Is the league soft now? Is it the rules? Is it like the physicality? You know, you know that you guys. I feel like the defense is at such a fucking disadvantage, and the Instagramification of defense, and like yeah. what happened to Wesley Johnson. I thought it was criminal. Like, okay, you yeah. get crossed up, and like, for, for, it's not even to James Harden. It's to what we're reacting to. You guys on ESPN, Marcellus, while all my people, I'm like, yo. You're celebrating this, man. Like, your kids already don't want to play defense. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, for one, I hate it. Here, here's the thing. I don't think the guys are soft, but the rules are. The rules are, you know. Um, I think that if the rules were what it was when I was playing and even before, these guys would step up to the plate and compete. Mm -hmm. They would because, listen, it's the NBA. Everybody wants to be in the NBA. But they're not, and I'm not going – you know, put that jacket on the guys. I don't think the guys are soft. The rules are. And it's funny because myself and Ben and Rashid and Rip, Tay, all of us, we raise our hand and take responsibility because we feel like, for the most part, people didn't really appreciate, like the, the powers that be didn't appreciate how we played the game because the scores are going to be 92 to 87. Mm-hmm. And, it, and if you a fan and you just a casual fan, it's a boring <laughs> brand of basketball. But if you if you you and you remember the Knicks and you remember Oakley and, and May, you remember all those guys and Derek Harper's and you appreciate defense and, mm -hmm. you, and you appreciate a guy competing like that, but it wasn't good for TV. So they changed the rules where you can't be as physical and you I mean, can't, you can't be, even touch you, a you dude, can't right? do anything. So now they like it at this 115 to 119. The brand of basketball, I think, has suffered a little bit because of the competitiveness, in my opinion. Do you think there's like a way to have a happy medium where it's like, I know it gets tighter during the playoffs, thank God, you yeah. know, and, and, but I'm like, and as much as I love to see dudes get crossed up and as much as I see the three points, like sometimes, and I, Golden State is my favorite team, you know, outside of my Knicks. I love watching them and it's yeah. gorgeous when it's happening. But sometimes I'm like, put the ball on the paint. Like, I'm just like, enough with the damn threes. And Steph is my dude. Durant is my dude. I love yeah. watching him. But I'm like, what is this shit? I mean, they like, big men, they don't even need a back to the basket game. You literally can be seven feet and not have like a drop step move and play very productive basketball in the NBA. It's insane to me. Absolutely. It's a lot of those guys, by the way. I mean, that, that's, they literally can't play with their back to the basket. Yeah. And it's the rules. Like I said, it's, it's, to me, it's the rules because if you had somebody teaching them that, because that's where we're going to throw you the ball at on the block and, and you got a smaller guy, that's the move that you need. Sure, they'll do it. These guys are talented as heck, man. You know, they'll, right. they'll, they'll, they'll do it. Right. But it, why do it if you're not going to need it? I got you. You know. Do you think there's a way to have, if you can make a rule? You're in a GM uh, position. You could one day be the commissioner of the NBA. This might not even be something you ever thought of. But like, if you were to say right now, like a way to do split it where it's like give the defenders some, I mean, some leverage. Like they yeah. can't do shit. It's not fair. Like you literally, you right now, you can't put your hand on a no, whistle, you right? You can't, yes. So it's basically like when you see these guys going off balance, it's because they're off balance because they have nothing to hold on to. It's you got no, Kyrie yeah. Irving... Doing Michael Jackson moves. Man, no way in the world you can guard him. There's no way to guard him. Without, because you got to hold on to something, right? You so you don't to. fall. You have to. You know, it's, it's funny that you say that because our game and, and the international game, like USA basketball and things like that, with me, have played so much of that, it is so different. Like, 
USA basketball and the internet, it is so physical. International. Ooh, man. Like More physical you, than USA now. Oh, it's not even close. And wasn't it before the opposite? Absolutely. Right now, they let you compete. You can hand check. Guy come through the paint. You chucking them. Like, it is really physical, man. And and I wish that we were a little more towards that, being a little more physical Split it down the middle a little bit. Split it down the middle. But, you know, and, and again, the game, to me, the game wouldn't suffer because the, the guys will just have to get better. And the guys will just have to train differently. Mm-hmm. I remember training like I was. I wanted to be the strongest point guard in the league because mm-hmm. I needed it. I mm-hmm. didn't want guys checking me and knocking me off balance and – I'm going you were in there, conscious of that. Yeah, I'm going in there getting hit and falling. And no, I wanted to be strong. Now, you, there's no need, there's no reason to be that strong. Why you? It's just gonna slow you down. Now you you want to be fast and lean and and get up and down and be able to go. I mean, it's just a, it's different, man. It's right. just different. When you mentioned, you know, it's funny. I I saw uh, I was talking about coming on the pod. <laughs> and I, yesterday, and uh, literally, we were texting you like, I'm down. I went in my car. I'm driving up La Cienica. I see this big, tall motherfucker. I'm like, I, I know that's got to be a ball player. I'm like, Rashid. Oh, yeah? And I was like, Rashid, Rashid. You know what I mean? He's like, what's up? When you think about that time, like that's like one of these iconic teams. Obviously, it was Detroit, so you had the bad boys yeah. before you guys. Yeah. But you guys were really sort of embraced this mentality. It was down and dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fun team, personalities intangible dudes, you, you know, Tayshawn, Rip had the mask, you're Mr. Big Shot, you're chilling, and Rashid's just like, you know, this guy who's sort of like, you know, one of the original sort of stretch four, stretch five oh, yes guys. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You guys bust the Lakers' ass. I'm going to be honest. I, maybe I wasn't paying attention. I didn't see that shit coming. Yeah, you weren't paying attention. You and the rest of the world. <laughs> when you, so when you look back on that team, what made that team click? Like, what was the makeup of that team? Man, you know what? We you talk about a whole bunch of guys at that time in their career that were all kind of thrown away from different teams, different situations, with the exception of Tayshawn, who was drafted um in Detroit. All of us were just kind of like throwaways, man. And we were at an age and stage where it was like, we we could really do something, you know, but we gotta do it together. Like none of us are good enough to carry the team by ourselves. We're past that. However, together, and we all had a defensive mindset, we cared about each other, bro. Like, we cared, and, and we took pride in playing and stopping teams, period. Most people take pride in outscoring or dunking on a guy or crossing a guy or getting 40. or We took pride in stopping you. And that's, that's where, you know, and we, and we embodied really what the spirit of Detroit is right. as a city. We embodied that. You were the reincarnation of those earlier yeah, Detroit absolutely. teams. And, and we looked up to those guys with Zeke and Joe D, obviously, who led us at the time, and and Mahorn. And we we looked up to them, and Lambeer, like, we looked up to them, man. And we was like, we need to be like that. We need That's who we need to be like. And we we did. Like, and the city got behind us, the fans. We had the, we had the best fans in the world, and... I just feel like when you're in a city like that, if you can embody what the city is about, you'll get more fan participation. Even if you're not winning, but you land on the line every night, man. Right. You giving it all you got, they're gonna support you, you know. And we just we had a we had a magical run, man. When you think about, I mean, you guys, there's that series has been scrutinized, talked about. You know, the it's almost a shame because 
the way it sort of looked back historically, sometimes it's like, well, Detroit didn't beat the Lakers. The Lakers imploded. Uh huh. Uh-huh. you guys bust their ass. Five game sweep. Five game sweep. Five game. Call sweep. that a gentleman's sweep. It's just a small gentleman's sweep. That's yeah, you, we'll give you one. Yeah. So you so you don't lose too much. But you're gonna work for that too. You got to go in overtime to get that one. Right. But we, we yeah, it's cool. You got it. When people say like, well, they screwed up. The Lakers imploded. I, I don't know. Kobe quit. Uh, the the team quit on Kobe. Whatever the fuck they say. Everybody yeah. says everything about everything. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's kind of sucks because it takes away from the fact that you guys bust their ass. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we it don't take away for us, but here, here's what we figured, man. Like we, everybody knew the whole Kobe and Shaq thing. The times that they had been to the finals, Shaq has always wanted to get the MVP. Um. Kobe, we knew, really wanted to kill us, you know. And so what we did is we played into their own psyche. We wanted Kobe and Shaq to be mad. So what we do. You were conscious of this. Absolutely. We play Shaq head up. We can't guard Shaq, man. Ben Wallace is one of the greatest ever, but head up, we can't guard him. He's just too big. So we saying, Ben, play him head up. He going to get 30. That's fine. But we're going to wear his butt out. We're going to make him come run out here in these pick and rolls. He going to get his 30, but we're going to double-team Kobe. We ain't going to let Kobe get his 30 or 40. Mm. Because both of them getting that, we in trouble. Play him head up. He going to be taking tools all day and dunking the ball. That's fine. We living with that. Double Kobe. Don't let him get going. Knowing as the series goes on, Kobe knows he's struggling. He knows he's getting doubled, but Shaq is killing that ain't going to play too well in the locker room. You right? guys were conscious of that. Oh, come on, man. We, we playing all that. We playing in all that. That's what our game plan was. We, we playing in all of that, for sure. When is, Rasheed Wallace is like one of these guys, like, I love this dude. I love this dude. I, lo- I love him. His whole career is nuts. <laughs> you know, in his game and his, all his Philly and, and talk about, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't think he could play in the league I- I- this time because the amount of shit talking he did. Absolutely not. I mean, he he would be broke. It'd be over. He he could. I mean, he, Draymond Green is a church mouse compared to. I mean, yeah. Rashid when he was with the poor, he was fucking gone. First of all, where you think Draymond got it from? He was pretty much our ball boy. He's from he's from Saginaw. Did, was he around all the time? So him, Jordan Dumars, who was Joe's son, best friends. They around the team every day, all day. I didn't we know raised this. Draymond. Keep it going. We that's that's my son. We raised him. I love this. We are listen. We on a group chat all the time. Him and me, is Draymond, myself, Ben, Rip, She. We on a group chat arguing whose teams are better. Listen, right now, today, we raised them. That where do you think he got it from? He get it from Rasheed. He get it from Ben. He's Ben mentor. I mean, that's our that's our that's our son. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Rasheed. Historically, he was like at the time was like, "Why is this tall dude shooting threes for? Like, why are you shooting threes? He'd make them, but he was sort of a precursor to all these dudes now." Yeah. What was Rasheed like in his prime with the Pistons? Like as a player, like as a talent, and also that's a tall dude. I don't know if he's yeah, six he eleven he's or six, seven. 11, seven foot. Yeah. But he's sure. long. That's a tall. Like some dudes mm-hmm. are seven feet, and then some dudes are like that dude's long. I tell you what, we we were a really good team, man. A really good team. But when we got Sheed, we became a great team. Why? Defensively, obviously Ben Wallace was amazing. But Ben, ben was, was very quiet. He's a quiet kind of shy dude. So his, his leadership style and his work is just going to be on his effort. Sheed now, 
is very vocal. So he became the voice that you hear on the back line of the defense. He's calling screens out for me all the way. If I'm picking up past half court, he's calling out their plays. He's so smart, super, super duper smart. He's calling their plays out. Oh, he's coming off. He's going to get the pick. He's calling. He's quarterbacking all of that. That's on the defensive end. Could guard pick and rolls. We could switch up. You know, we, there's so much we could do. He allowed us to do defensively. And then offensively, it gave me a pick and pop guy. Any mistake that you make with me and she in the pick and roll, we're going to make you pay. Mm-hmm. But not only that, say Rip is not rolling. Say I'm not playing well. You can always throw the ball on the block to Rasheed, slow the game down. He's going to get a bucket or a foul. He just changed everything about us when we got Sheed. He he was that good, and, and he was so unselfish, mm. too unselfish, mm-hmm. where I would have to make him. I would literally have to, man, we would all have to like cut Sheed out and say, I'm throwing it in. Don't throw it back to me. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many people come. Get a bucket. He played the right way. Oh man, he was just he was she was so underappreciated as a player. I man. agree. Cause as cause he was so nutty. Yeah. You know, and he would talk so much shit in the text, and sometimes he'd be like, yo, nothing's going on. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> right. like, do you want to go to sleep? Or you want to like, did you not right. TiVo the show? Like, are you trying to get to like a Broadway yeah. play? Like, do you not just you shouldn't have came? Yeah, yeah. But he, like his style of play was like it was ahead of its time. It was. And he had really the whole was. package down. Everything. She was the kind of dude, man, it's so funny I tell people this. They'd be like, huh? She's the kind of dude, if we lose in June in the Eastern Conference Finals, she wouldn't pick up a basketball until training camp started. Everybody working for two, three months in the summer, she'd show up. He ain't touched the ball since the last season. He's just a natural, like he just Man, he would be out of shape, but he's still so skilled. So it's going to take she two months to get into the shape that we need him in at the start of the season. But we already knew. Once we get them there, we good. She, you just be she. We all right. We'll handle it. When you talk about this team, there's like there's such a fondness, and and like I saw you. I remember I saw you last year at in Golden State with Rashid, and like you guys are connected at the hip. <laughs> you do the show with my man Pierce. I love Paul Pierce. I love Garnett. Give me some insight. What the fuck is going on with these Celtics and Ray Allen and Rajon Rondo? And like, listen. It's not a good look for any of them. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, he went to Miami. I didn't like it. This is not my thing. I, 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 and just because it was Miami. But I'm like, this has got to stop. Yeah. It's not a good look for the NBA. Like it's, it's like some Real Housewives of Boston. It's like, okay, they had their little thing. You know, KG gets his number retired. Paul Pierce, gets, they don't even. It's sad to me. Why bro. does everybody hate Ray Allen? It's crazy. I, I Jesus Shuttlesworth. I don't know. I don't know why they hate Ray, man. But I'm telling you that that. That disdain happened before he left. I really do believe that. And I think that that's probably the reason why Ray left is he, he didn't feel the love. Like, he don't – I'm not one of the guys here. We just winning and playing good, but I'm not really one of the guys. So that allows you to leave and go somewhere. Like, we – my teams, my great teams in, in Detroit, you would never hear anybody – that everybody was brothers. The teams that we love, the Warriors right now – 15 years from now, there's never going to be nobody coming out saying, well, I, I. no, these dudes are brothers. They're brothers. So that that's going on there is, is strange to me, and I'm with you. I, I think it's sad, man, because they had a great thing going. They had a great run. and It changed the legacy. You want to of- talk about that. Not, not You want to talk about the greatness, not what the inner dealings were and who, why we don't like Ray Allen. And Ray Allen was a badass. Tough. Yeah, no, they, they acted like the he was just some dude on the bench. Like I'm like, yo, Ray Allen's... 
That dude. Yes, he was, man. He, he's one of the Ray Allen is one of the greatest two guards to ever play. Top ten, right? Yeah, uh, for sure. That, I mean, absolutely. That I've seen top five that I've seen. Right. There's a lot of guys I never seen, but Ray Allen was the absolute truth. I think it's got to stop. Like Rajon Rondo, like yo, what's the problem, man? You're you you were almost a, a snub for being out of the league last year, and I fuck with Rajon. I'm like, yeah. this has got to stop. Enough is enough. He yeah. wants to put his book out. Let him put his book out. Apparently, Ray Allen hasn't had a cheeseburger since he was in high school. I want to read about that. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's weird, man. That thing is strange, man. I was talking to Paul about it. Uh, just yesterday, and he some of that stuff. He's like, I'm not reading that book, man. Like it's it's we had a great thing going. We won the chip together. Like I'm I'm on that. Like I don't want to I don't want this negativity. What do you think? Like again, when you came in the league, it's changed so much the social media aspect of it. I feel compassion for these guys, even uh, uh, the LeBron who like I, like I said, I break his balls, but off the court, I love his outspokenness and the the fact that he handles his stardom. He's inspired everybody that's coming after him in all sports. The fact that he's been so vocal. I have compassion for, for, for these players, whether it's Lonzo Ball or LeBron. 24-hour reality show. You know, we talk about Rashid not being able to talk shit in today's NBA. You know, like what they wear. Um, if they say something on the court, whether it's caught on ESPN or not, it's going to wind up on Instagram. I mean... Is this out of control? Like these guys can't breathe. They can't. None of them can make a mistake. It's terrible, and I, I just think about it. Like, what if that was going on when when we played? Like, bro, none of us will be seen the way that we're seen today. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it would be so. It'd be it'd be such a mess. So I'm with you. I feel bad. I feel bad that these guys have to. Not only do they have to be on twenty four seven, but they've now found ways to kind of troll the media through this stuff, which is, I'm like, dang, this is, this is a byproduct of all of this. Now you want to try to, you want to change your own narrative because if you don't, somebody else will, and it's all bad. Right. So it makes you like really feed into all the garbage. Right. You know what I mean? Because you want it to be what you put out there and not what they bring into you. You have to it, like tough, almost man. be on the, you have to be on the offensive. Yeah. You got to play offense all game. You got to always play offense. Every game. clip. I mean, when you it's would do a post-game one. interview, it'd be in Detroit. It'd be in Denver. It'd be That's it. Yep, yep. Now, it's on, like, everybody's post-game interview is on Instagram. Everywhere. So you can't have an attitude. You can't be upset. You can't be in a bad mood. Your ankle can't hurt, and you have no. to answer the question. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. It, it is. It's tough. It, it, it's... <laughs> I'm glad I'm, I don't have to deal with that. I'm it's too much, right? Yeah. I is. mean, I think it's unfair. Like, and you get these 20 year old kids, like, like I've been on Lonzo Ball, but I'm like, at the end of the day, he's 20. He doesn't know what the, f he's 20. He don't even, can't even grow a full beard old. yet. Yes. 20 years old, man. Dealing with all of that. I mean, that's, it's tough, man. It's tough. When, I remember when I talked to you in the summertime and you played, uh, when you were in Denver, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. One of my talk greats. To me, talk to me about how great he is and what you saw with him and like, you know, when growing up admiring yeah, him and yeah. how special he is. Well, Mahmoud is, is one, of the, one of my favorite players of all time. Um, he's the one guy. He, he, one day I worked his camp and I was in high school and it was one of the best and worst days of my life. And here's why. I was a counselor in the camp. He let me work out with him after the camp. So, 
usually at the start of the workout, you know, guys getting shots up, you you make 10 at each spot, five <laughs> spots. And Mahmoud not only was, but still is such a is a great shooter that he was making, usually we'll go, all right, make seven out of 10 or eight out of 10 at that age. He was making 10 in a row, but not only 10 in a row, he was making 10 in a row all net. So I'm sitting there like, I got done with the workout and I'm sitting there. It was the greatest experience because I seen what a pro looks like and how he trains and how he works. And I'm like 16, 17. But also I'm like, I don't know if I can make the league. I got to shoot like this. This dude ain't miss a shot for like 25 minutes sometimes. That's crazy. And I'm sitting there like. That's crazy that you said minutes, not shots. Yeah. That's nuts. And rap, I'm sitting there and I'm just like. Damn, this dude ain't even an all-star. Like this is this is this is a real good player in the league. I don't know if I can make it. This is crazy. Did you ever tell him that? I told him that. I told him I I, I told I told him I reminded him of that last summer during Big Three. We we went and had lunch together. Uh and he was like, Charles, I remember that day. I, I remember that day, man. That was that was fun. That was the first time I ever really met you. Cause I played against his little brother um in high school, so it was. I'm telling you, it was the best and worst day of my life at that age, man, because it made me think like, damn, I can't make it to the league. But, man, I got a chance to work out with Mock Mood, man. That's dope. It was crazy. But I've I, always been a big fan of him, not only as a player rap, but just as a man, as a man. Like, I still learn a lot from him. He hits me from time to time, Chance, I got a good book for you to read. Boom. Shoots it to me. I'll read it. We'll talk about it. Um just man, I got I hold this dude on such a pedestal, man. It's just unbelievable. That's dope. Yeah. Um, I want to throw names at you players. In his prime, Steve Francis. I mean, this is a tragic story. He he was at the big three last year. I mean, Steve Francis was about about it. He had a good run, man. How good was Steve Francis? Steve Francis was unbelievable. I mean, he had a run there for Mm, four or five years where, I mean, you talk about all these triple doubles and this and like that was that was franchise, that was franchise. I mean, he he was on his way, in my opinion, to a Hall of Fame career. There's no question about it. I mean, obviously, you know, since he's been out of the league, you know, you hear all this stuff. But when somebody who's that talented. Uh, you know, like he had this run of, of this four or five years. He's killing it. I remember I saw him in that dunk contest. Obviously, Vince oh. Carter, he overshadowed everybody. But Francis was like, his dunks in that dunk, it would have won any other dunk contest. Listen, I think that was the best dunk contest ever. Right. Ever. Vince I mean, shut it down. But like yeah. what Mac and Francis and they Francis. Would, they would have both won any other year. Steve Francis would like that. I mean, it's like you think about like these little things that would change the course of yeah. his stuff. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Steve Nash in his prime. What, what, like this is another dude, like water bug dude. Like he had a ooh ah factor because number one, he's a white dude doing wild shit. But he, you know, he sort of like started this these you know these off leg, uh, you know, left hand putting up with the right. You know, like uh, he did whatever he needed to do to right. get the ball in. You know, Steph Curry, you could see he was influenced by it. Kyrie took it to a whole other level. Yeah. How how much of a problem was he to guard? Ooh, Steve, man, you know I can't sit here and say that he was underappreciated because he's two time MVP. But Steve Steve Nash was cold, man. Why? He was cold because he was so smart. Um, not many times I played against a guy on the other side was that was thinking like I was thinking that was as smart as me. 
But he he was, and and I was funny. I was just talking about the kid Trey Young today um, on TV. But Stevie did a thing that was very very important to his success. He was able to pass the ball with his left hand on target in pick and rolls under duress. And that right there opened up so much for not only for him, for Stoudemire, for Matrix, but it just it made the offense go so smooth. And there was no real way to guard him. You can't trap him. He's getting rid of it too quick. You get back up off him, he can shoot. He can. I mean, Steve Nash was so stinking good, man. He really was. Who were other players that when you played against, going back to, I mean, when you were first in the league to your end where you were like, I got to make sure I drink some apple juice today. Like, I got to, like, vitamin up. Well, I'll tell you, when I was younger, I mean, John Stockton gave me 20 and 10 at 40. He was 40 years old. He was playing six minutes a quarter. So he and he and Mark Jackson played together the last couple of years. He was playing six minutes. Mark Jackson was playing other six in a quarter. To the T. It didn't matter what the shit. team was. It didn't matter what was going on. They had two old point guards. That's funny. And I was coming off the man. Listen, this dude gave me twenty and ten at forty years old. Why was he so good? Man, he was just so damn smart, man. And he was, he could use the pick and roll, and he can manipulate the way that you think. Because as a defender, you guarding a guy, you don't know where the pick and roll is coming, what angle is set. Are we going under? Are we going over? Is it Carl setting it, or is it somebody else? I mean, you, there's so much to think about. But he could see you thinking about all that stuff. In a split second. Oh, man, he just pick you apart so quick, man, so quick. And he knows how to get fouled. He's crafty. He don't miss free throws. He don't miss shots either. He was just so good. But that, so as a young fella, him, GP. Talk about Gary. He's another favorites. dude. We, 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 I love this dude. He, he should be an actor. Like, he literally could <laughs> be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> he could be a stand-up comedian straight up. Like, if he wanted he to be like, fuck greatest, it, like, I'm going man. on the road, Gary Payton, the one-man show. Yeah. One of the best shit talkers, just most entertaining people. You could put him in a room of the best actors, Absolutely. Kevin Hart. Anyway, I don't care. Like Gary Payton, he's a guy who we we forget about. I mean, this guy's a offensive, defensive, ran teams. And listen, not me, man. That that why that was, was one he of my so favorites. good? Well, for one, is nobody tougher than him. What do you mean tough? I mean, he's gonna he's gonna fight tooth and nail until it's over. And he thinks that he can lock you down. Most of the times he can. At that point in the game, the rules were a little different where you can, you know. But he had great hands. He had an unbelievable post game. So he was taller than most point guards. So he back you down on that block. He He's left-handed in real life. So he's finishing around the bucket left hand. So you thought it was weird, and but he's shooting jumpers right hand. But his game, like the funny thing is his game – it wasn't like real crisp and nice and his handle wasn't crazy, his jumper wasn't crazy, but he going to get it done and you ain't going to stop him from getting it done. He's just that 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 heart, that heart, man, is his heart of a lion. And, he, and like you said, probably the best trash talker in, in, in that I've seen ever in the game. Was he full tilt the whole time? All game long from jump ball. He don't care who it is. Man, he talk. I mean, he talk. And then if, if you got somebody in the stands with you, he talking to them. Man, he, he <laughs> GP was unbelievable. Man, he he was so dang good. Man, like he's one of my all time favorites. Who is? Uh, give me one more. Like where you like one of my one of my favorites, and I, and you know him well. He from well, he's from your town. But Rod Strickland, man, 
one of the most underrated point guards ever, man. Like I, I there was nothing I could do to keep Rod from not having twenty seven and fourteen on me, bro. Like as a young, it was just crazy. And I'm like, man, I'm faster than this dude. I can. He don't really shoot the three that good. I can back off. Like I can. Couldn't stop him. Couldn't stop him. Rock and Rod Strickland was underappreciated, man. Really underappreciated. Oh, big time. Him, Sam Cassell. Sam is a problem. Under what? Man, underappreciated. I'm telling you, man. There was so many. Terrell Brandon, mm. who's a guy that was really important to me in my career. Um, man, Nick Van Exel get high this over. He was ridiculous too. Dude, there was so many. See, the funny thing is that I'm glad we're having this conversation because everybody in the world right now are saying – this is the best ever, uh, the point guards in the in the game today, this is the best it's ever been. I'm not so sure. No. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. And there's some good ones now. There's a Get lot. There's wrong. some good ones. But there's the, some great ones, actually. But There's some great ones. Don't, don't, don't. We're talking about NBA we're talking point guards. Uh, these Rod, guys that I'm just, talking about. You just said Rod Strickland. You didn't meet Mark Jackson. That's my guy. He was at the end of the end. Not only that, Mark Price. Mark Price was killer. With the Sam short Cassell shorts, he never. Killer. Everybody else switched over to the long shorts. Mark Price was like, "I'm not doing that." These are all the same era dudes. KJ, these are all the same era Kevin guys. Kevin Johnson, man, these dudes were so good. The Rostricks and the Sam Cassells, the Nick Van Axels. And you're you're forgetting man. ten more dudes. Well, of course. I mean, this you know, this is a great era of point guards. I'm not I'm, I'm not saying it's not, but the eras that I played in, I played in like three different ones. Man, it was amazing, man. Baron Davis, you know what I mean? You talk about Steve Francis, Baron Davis. Gilbert, talk about a physical Gilbert, point guard. Gilbert Arenas. Right. Man, these dudes, man, was so good, man. Gilbert Arenas was when he got going. Forget about it. Forget about it. Okay. Analyst cap before I let you go. First of all, who's the rookie of the year? Uh, is Ben Simmons a rap? Is it my man Donovan Mitchell? New York is in the house. Um, and is the Ben Simmons, since, you know, he sat out last, he's a redshirt rookie, does it count or is it just, you can't argue, he's considered a rookie? He's considered a rookie. I don't like it, but he's considered a rookie. And because I don't like it, I'm going co-rookie of the year. Because Donovan Mitchell has been spectacular all season long. And they're winning. They're winning in a Western Conference and and look, Ben Simmons is he he's a generational player. Like, he really is. Do you think he's that good? Yes, yes. Ben Simmons is a generational player, one hundred percent, for sure, for sure. So we definitely can't discount him. But you know, he got a chance to know what it's like to be in the NBA. Right. He went to sleep late on planes, getting up, even though he wasn't playing. Like he had a he had time to adjust to the NBA lifestyle. Right. When Mitchell hasn't. And he just came in. This is all new to Mitchell. So I'm going co-rookie of the year, even though, you know, listen, this boy Simmons, he'll probably have a better career, you know, all around, obviously, than than Donovan Mitchell. He's a better player. Right. And he's so versatile. man. man. The kid is amazing. But I got to give some love to Donovan Mitchell, man. That's amazing what he's doing. Um, College basketball. Is there, like, next season, and I don't know how much of it you get to watch because you're immersed in NBA, your family, and, like, taking a breath. Is there anybody coming out that's going to, like, be, like, that guy? Because I feel like whether they're that guy or not that guy, 
the press and the media are going to make like like sure. last year's summer league was like they were literally acting like it was the beginning. Yeah. I'm like, this is the summer league, <laughs> right? Like, I, and I said it, and I want to hear your opinion on this. I said this, and people said I was nuts. If they took the best of the big three guys last summer, mm -hmm. okay, and they knew we got to get in shape, we got to get in shape. We really took the best. You guys could figure it out. You guys right. know who's the best. Sure. You know who's in shape, and you took the summer league all stars. Oh come on, man! That would be easy, man. You guys would bust their ass? It's easy. That's easy. real, right? Oh, easy. It's not even close. Now, people are like, oh, you're crazy, oh, Chauncey. You just had a no, meniscus. No, You no, know, Steven no. Jacks. Like, I, I believe it, too. No. Well, here's the thing. Those young guys are really good, really athletic. But there's a lot they don't know about basketball that we know. A lot. And just alone, listen, I done, I done forgot more basketball than these guys never been taught. So... Just on that alone, and now you're talking about guys, we're in shape? Right. Oh, it's not even close. You'll bust their ass. It's not even close. All right, so I believe that too. Yes. I, I was like, I was like, I don't see it happen because, like, this, like the, 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 you know, there's no defense in the NBA, but there's really no defense in the NBA summer league. Exactly. I mean, I was like, I was like, this is we're having some really misinformation here. Like, you guys are getting sold wolf tickets if you yes. think this is going to translate in a couple of months. And then you got to think, they're playing against guys that haven't played the NBA. It's my gardener. Yeah. They're playing my gardener. My gardener yeah. played summer league. He's a great guy. He's a better gardener. He played summer league last year. He was he had 11 points. He had 21 oh, points. I mean, man. he's great dude. Listen, that, it was not even close. Who Who is going to be the NBA Rookie of the Year In next college? year? college? Well, look, man, there's some good ones, Rap. Rap, there's some good ones, man. DeAndre Aiden, that kid, is a, he is a monster. He's going to be nice. Um, I really like Bagley. Trey Young's game will translate to the NBA. Will it translate? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, well, we talked about this. The physicality of the league is not what it once was. Right. So having a high skill level and a high basketball IQ and can stretch the D. Right. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. I like to see him in New York City. With I, I, I like to see him be a Nick. I'm not even going to lie to you. Man, it's a lot of pressure, man, being a New I, York I, Nick, man. Well, that's going to be for anybody, but. You got a guy, he's fearless, man. He, and I'm telling you, he had that crowd up and oh, down. Oh, he'll have the crowd you. going. I'm telling you. He, he, but anyway, so those those three guys are good. I like the Sexton kid. Okay. Um, still trying to see Michael Porter Jr. if he's gotten back healthy because he struggled. But when he's ready, you know what they say. They say he's he's Jason, uh, at more athletic Jason Tatum. Right. Is what they've been saying about him. Right. I haven't seen it yet because he's, he's coming off that injury, but this is a good group. Okay. This is a good group. And the Luka Doncic kid from overseas – He's I good. haven't seen, but I heard that he's the real deal. You have to believe it now with the Porzingis thing, like you, you well, know, sure, because sure. that was we didn't know what that we do know. Yeah, you somebody saw something. Yeah, no doubt. What do you think? I think that there's so much made, and and I don't think it's it's valid of regular season MVP. Russell Westbrook last year. Russell's one of my favorite players. Triple double, kicked ass. Triple double, kicked ass. Triple double, kicked ass. Won the regular season MVP. Two months after, they got bumped out. Yeah. And I'm sure he's probably put that regular season MVP in the closet somewhere. Yeah. 20 years ago, it, the MVP would be announced. It'd be a little thing. And now it's like a, a full season campaign for the regular season MVP. And they give the award out after the season's over. And I'm like, 99, like James Harden. Great season, probably going to be MVP. Yeah, he will be. Although LeBron James, if you took him out of there, the Cleveland Cavaliers become the Orlando Magic. So in my opinion, he's the MVP. Right. 
Because they literally would be, that team would fold. Uh-huh. Do you think there's too much made of regular season MVP at this point? Rap, look, it's a huge award, man. Um, it, it really is. I've always felt this way. The best award that you could possibly get, to me in any sport, is the NBA Finals MVP. I agree. Because, I mean, and, and You know some people that have this? And look, I was lucky enough and fortunate <laughs> enough to have gotten it, but... For that summer, that summer alone, I don't care who won the regular season. I'm the best player in the entire world. Who won the regular season MVP the year you won the... I don't know. Thank you. I don't know. And really, you know, I bet you he, that person would rather have... I mean, I don't know if it was Kobe, whoever. That person would rather have that trophy you have. I'm telling you, I think it's the best award in any sport because it's a series. It's not a one-game Super Bowl or... It's, it's a series... It don't mean a thing if you ain't got the ring. Dude, I'm telling you, it's, it's the best of the world. So, yeah, the regular season MVP is great. It's going to go down. You know, you in record books. But who cares? There's no better There's no better freaking honor than being the NBA Finals MVP. I totally agree. I mean, Chauncey, I, I know you can't really say it because you won one and your argument would kind of suck if you, if, you know, when you're on TV. But I'm like, I totally fucking agree. I think yeah. this regular season MVP award, it's dope. Like, yo, if James Harden somehow won the regular season MVP and they won the finals, then that's something. But like Russ last year, who cares? Not to say who cares. I mean, it's an accomplishment, but it's like Russell doesn't care. Yeah. Remember when Dirk won yeah. the regular season MVP and they got yep. bumped out and then two days later he had to get the regular season MVP when he was already halfway in Cancun? Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, and you know, That's like, right. well, well, Andre Iguodala won the finals MVP. He should have. They won the finals. That's a big deal, dude. That's a big deal. I'm I mean, LeBron you, would give back that regular season MVP to get that. Big time. Big time. And this is, you know, speaking of this, this is why I really believe that Kobe so badly wanted to win it all without Shaq because he had never got that award. Shaq, when they won those three, it was Shaq. He hadn't gotten that oh, that that award right there. He hadn't gotten. And so I'm telling you, I, I guarantee you that fueled some of his fire, man. Mm. All right. Based on everything we know, and hopefully everybody's uh, uh, healthy. Hopefully Ty Lue is back healthy. And hopefully everybody's fingers, thumbs, and Clay Thompson this, and Kevin Durant's ribs, and whatever the heck's going on with other players. Based on everything we know, mm-hmm. who are going to be the two teams remaining in the West? Who are going to be the two teams remaining in the East? And who is going to walk away with the jewelry when we get to June? Well, I think it's pretty simple in the West. It's going to be Houston, and it's going to be Golden State. And who wins that if everybody's if everybody's amped everybody's up? healthy? I still think the Warriors win it, and here's why: I think, and you break, when you really break down the game, Houston does a lot of pick and rolling. Right? They're going to pick and roll, pick and roll, try to get an advantage, boom, kick it to the three. If they don't, they ISO. Well, the lineup that the Warriors put in the game is you never get an advantage on the pick and roll because they switch everything. So they make you play ISO basketball. And their defense is too good. To, you can't beat them ISO basketball. You is their defense underrated? Yes. Absolutely. Because they take you out of so much of your stuff. And albeit maybe undersized in, in the paint, they're so good that they make you play undersized. They make mm. you adjust. They don't let you have a big guy out there because if they do, guess what? Oh, they got the big. Bring him up here in this pick and roll. This is Steph. Now, now he didn't score two, three times. Boom, let's get him out of here. 
So they they really dictate the way that you're going to play. Mm. And now that you're this height, now we switch everything. Now we got no missing. We're good. Mm-hmm. So they they they're just good, man. And and I'm I really like Houston to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And there's no guy in the league that I want to win more than Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, first it was KD because he hadn't got over the hump. I was happy he won it. Chris Paul is another guy who I play with who is just a warrior, man. Like, he's a scrappy little joker, and I really would like to see him win. But I think they maybe need another year together to, to get there. I mean, other than Trevor Ariza, they don't have a champion on the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll, we'll see how they are in those moments, but that's going to be that, – that should be a good series, man. That is OKC – Is are they an X factor? They have a chance? They, You know what? They are an X factor. They're going to be a tough out. Um, tough out for one of those teams man they'll be a tough out we'll just see I mean I'm always kind of a little curious of how they are down the stretch of games you know Russ can kind of speed himself up and get a little out of control at times um, and take a bad shot or turn the ball over at a tough part of the game but those are things you live with with a great player you know it's just that's what you live with but Melo's clutch he can bring you home late in the game he can still get a bucket Paul George's clutch they're going to be a tough out, man. Yeah, they, I mean. They, they rebound better than anybody. They got Steven that Adams is, oh my goodness. Have you ever seen, in your years at NBA now covering, have you ever seen somebody with as bigger head as Steven <laughs> Adams? That's heads. Man, he got, a, he got a helmet on him, man. I mean, that he guy's a, a goon. Yes. He's a goon. Yes. Okay, in the East, is it even a conversation? Does, does Toronto it is a really have a, child, they have a chance? Yes. Rap, they do. To beat Cleveland. They have a chance, Rap. Yeah. They're different this year. They're different this year, and here's why. Their bench is big. So previous years, you know, Kyle Lowry had his struggles in the playoffs. DeMar might have a series. He didn't play great. That bench this year, man, has really, really been good. Um, So if your starters can play, you know, even with the other team starters and that bench comes in, they're going to have an advantage all day. Mm. They push it a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. They they got a shot, you know, especially with with Cleveland situation. They they fighting time, man. You know, your coach is down. Right. You got LeBron. They got they're under duress. Yeah, they got a lot of issues, man. Now, just tell me this: What's the biggest difference between like the Eastern Conference, Western Conference Finals, and the regular season in terms of basketball? The innuendos, the details. Mm-hmm. What's what? Now, forget your error. Now, like, what are the what is the difference? And is there a difference? Is it just a mistake of like what? Is it get a little bit more physical? Are you allowed to put a little hand check on? It gets a little more physical, rap. But here, the biggest difference is this: who can stay focused the longest? If you watch a game right now, you go to Staples Center right now and watch a game. There might be lapses of six or seven minutes where guys are turning over here, there, or they, uh, you know, they miss their defensive assignment or. The gap was open. They turned it up. Like there may, there's some gaps there. When you get that deep in the playoffs, is who can be focused the longest? Because that little, if it's a thirty minute little gasp or a minute, three possessions, that's gonna get you beat. That's it. It's gonna get you beat, big time. That's gonna get you beat. So it really does come down to little things like that, man. When you're getting that deep. In the playoffs, you know, a bad shot here, boom. They swung it around one time, Corver wide open in the corner, JR catches it on the rotation, shoots it, misses it. But you had a a naked three for Corver in the corner, who's your best corner three point shooter. Well, you could have been, you was on a 
4-0 run, that could be a 7-0 run, as opposed to, boom, quick outlet, boom, they score quick now. Boom, we down three, we up three. When those kinds of things happen, like you're you're doing a fictional thing of like JR not passing it to court. It yeah. could be anybody. It could be you. It could be anybody. Yeah. When, you, when you're at that level, are you realizing that it's happening right then? Do you need the tape? Are you in the shower? Or is it like, do you know what I'm saying? These, these mistakes, yeah. that yeah. these costly mistakes. Yeah. Is it most of the time, like when you think of the ones you've made or the ones you've seen, do they realize it right then? No, no. Right, because you, you, at the moment, absolutely not. You're all you're you're rocking and rolling. Man, you rolling. You're not you're not thinking like that at the moment. But the teams that do think that way, they got three or four guys on the floor that with that high IQ that's really thinking the game. Those are the teams that win. All right, this is it. Former Finals MVP which we both agree is the most important award in all of basketball. No disrespect to all the great regular season MVPs. Call him Mr. Big Shot. Call him Smooth. ESPN could be a GM, could be a commissioner. Playing in the big three. Now, Chauncey, I call it as I see it. Okay? We're going from worst to first. I'm just letting you know that in the big three. We're going from worst to first this year. Call that. I call it as I see it. You're my man, but when I'm on the sideline... If I see you huffing and puffing, I'm going to say it. Last year, I might have been pulling punches. This year, the, the gloves are off. It's on this year? Chauncey, I'm, I'm just saying this. If you, you. want get, like, to get in shape, do some wind sprints, do some suicide, you let me know because you guys need to be ready. Because this year, I don't care if you're my friend. I don't care if you're on the podcast. I see something. I see a guy who's not prepared. I see a guy. Oh, you didn't tie your shoelaces up too tight today, Chauncey. I'm calling it as I see it. Big three season two. Is that right? That's it. I'm glad you let me know that. I'm, I'm, I'm in the lab you know. right away. I'm, I'm letting in, you I'm know. I'm in the lab right away. Chauncey Billups, I appreciate you rocking me on the podcast. It's all love. My man. All right, cool. All right, Chauncey Billups, Mr. Big Shot, a.k.a. Smooth. Thank you for rocking me on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Nothing but continued success. Nothing but love and respect. Chauncey Billups, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on the show. G Moody, last name rhymes with duty. Listen, people, I want you to hit us up. You know where to find us. Twitter, Instagram, DM us. I am Rappaport Podcast at gmail.com. Let me know. Let us know who you think should be today's sickest sick fuck of the week. Chauncey, again, thanks for rocking. G Moody, last name rhymes with duty. You got anything else to say? No, that's it, man. You did all the talking. Uh, all right, well, I'm waiting here. I'm waiting here. I know, I know you're, uh, you're, you're soaking your muscles because you're sore because you're going to be dunking uh, in a basketball court uh, real soon, uh, dunking the ball in early May. Yep. Uh, Miles Jordan, take us out of here with a smacker, with a banger. Chauncey, again, thanks for rocking with us. See, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast in prime time. <laughs>